Sunday night service. It's good to be in church, isn't it? Amen. Don't you appreciate how the Lord moved in our presence this morning? Yeah. I tell you, the Lord can do more in a few seconds than we can do in two hours. And I thank God for his goodness, his mercy, his grace. And I appreciate the good season of prayer that the men had. I hope the women had a good one as well. We had a good season of prayer in the men's prayer room. Thank the Lord for what he's doing, for what he is. Welcome tonight, all of our live stream uh, visitors and those that are visiting here tonight. We're glad to have you. And one, the first thing my wife and I noticed about being at Murrayville is you're going to be welcome before you leave. And I thank God for the Murrayville Baptist Church and the heart towards welcoming. The Lord's doing so much. We're excited about what he's coming in uh, days. Charlie and I are still getting our sea legs. And we got a lot to get set up on, and we thank the Lord for this place. Welcome to our short service tonight, is what we're going to try to make it. Now, if the Lord gets in this thing, don't get mad at me, okay? All right, we're just trying to, do, we're just trying to follow, uh, follow here and there. But we're going to sing a little bit, and we're going to preach a little bit, and then we're going to work a little bit. So I'm excited about it, grateful for it. I love this time of year, don't you? I love, love, love Thanksgiving. Of course, you can probably tell that. I did put on a couple of pounds. Seriously, I put on a couple, maybe three. And uh, so we're just going to kind of keep that going through Christmas, and then we'll break out the treadmill January 1. So we're grateful tonight for this time of year. Love it, love it, love it so much. And, uh, and I hope you do too. So we're going to work to that end tonight. And, uh, and looking forward to the work evening, looking forward to the service tonight. We're going to sing a little bit, but Terry, you come around. Again, want to thank the Lord for his goodness to us tonight. He is good, isn't he, church? Amen. Sing to us, brother Terry. All right, let's start off page 390 at the bottom. My hope is simple, nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy lean, oh Jesus' name. song let's all stand page 365 
Ushers, come on up. Say amen. Thank the Lord. Amen. Thank God. We're going to worship the Lord for a minute through giving and thank the Lord for it. The Lord does love a cheerful giver and we thank God for his grace. Don't you appreciate these young men up here taking up the offering? I thank God for them. We're teaching them right, aren't we? Thank the Lord. It's a blessing. Amen. Thank the Lord for his goodness. Brother Leo, say grace over the offering if you would. We'll take the offering in after he's done praying. Go back and take it up and then we'll try to get in the word tonight.
folks. It's good to be saved. Amen. The book of First John. We'll try to preach this message this evening. First John, be very brief tonight and thank the Lord again for his grace. The book of First John, one verse in chapter number five. One verse in chapter number five has our attention. And so we'll read it, do our best by God's grace to preach it, and sit down and hush. 1 John chapter number 5, and it's so short, and we referenced it already this morning and preached around it, uh, 1 John 5 and 12, but uh, when you found your place, say amen. amen. All right, that'll be enough to get through a verse reading. 1 John chapter number 5 and verse number 12, read it with me, please. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Can you say amen? amen. <clears throat> Preaching tonight with the Lord's help on simply this subject, he that hath the Son hath life. And matter of fact, I, I really, uh, my points even are drawn from the context of First John, they're drawn from the text previous and after First uh, John 5 and 12. Um, but there could not be a more to the point verse in all of the Word of God. Uh, he that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. There's not much room in the middle there, is there? Not much room in the middle. And if you're saved tonight, you know that he that hath the Son hath life. And I pray this morning, uh, this afternoon rather, that if you do not have the Son, that God would make it obvious to you that you're dead. Of course, if you are lost, you are dead in your sins and in your trespasses. You're not alive. What can a dead man do? Not much. Dead man can't do much but just sit. Have you ever tried to feed a corpse? Have you ever tried to get a corpse up and walk a corpse? Have you ever tried to make a corpse make a motion? Uh, this evening, you can't do much with a dead man, Brother Tim. A dead man's dead. But thank God, he that hath the Son hath life. I'm glad tonight that if you have Jesus, you've got life and life eternal and life present. Aren't you glad of that? It could not be more straightforward, my friends. The verse that we've read in verse number 12, He that has the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. It uh, immediately draws a question and should draw a question inside of every hearer that hears the verse. Do I have the Son? Do I have the Son? Well, that question is a tall order question, but it is a question that you can know tonight. You can know if you have the Son. You can know if you have not the Son. Thank God the promises of God in Christ are yea and yea. And nay and nay. I'm glad that in the Lord Jesus Christ there is no confusion. Aren't you? Thank God tonight. The, the Lord is not the author of confusion. And there's been a lot of folks that came to me and said, Brother Jay... I'm confused about this situation or about that situation. I can immediately draw out to you that if you're confused about a situation, that that's not the Lord Jesus Christ working in that. That's either Satan or your own flesh 
But thank God in Christ, his answers are yeas and yeas, and his answers are nays and nays. Aren't you glad we serve a Savior of clarity tonight? Bless the Lord. And there's only one thing better than having the Son, but it's knowing that you have the Son. The old preacher said there's only one thing better than being saved, and it's knowing that you're saved. The old man of God said, I'll give you one more better than knowing that you're saved. It's knowing for how long that you're saved. Thank God. And the answer is what? Forever. Bless the Lord. One thing better than knowing that you have the Son is, or better than having the Son is knowing that you have the Son. And beloved, you can know that you have the Son. I mean, you can really, actually, truly know that you have the Lord Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, the Word of God in the book of 1 John, that's what this book is about. It's about knowing. Did you know that in the book of 1 John that the word know is mentioned 40 times in 32 verses in the book of 1 John? I'm telling you, it's God's will tonight that you and I know some things. Namely, that we've been born again by the grace of God. Have you been born again? Have you been saved? Does Jesus live in your heart? Have you been saved? Have you been washed by the blood of Christ? Have you been washed by the blood of the Lamb? Have you been picked up and made a new creature in Christ? I'm glad tonight if you don't know that, that you can know that, thank God. The book of 1 John is beautiful. It's a book about knowing that you know Jesus. It's a book about loving Jesus. It's a book about fellowshipping with Jesus. Can I get a witness tonight? It's a book about abiding in Jesus. Thank God tonight. Do you know that you have the Son of God? And I want to try to verify that in your heart over the course of the next 10 minutes. Namely, number one, do you keep His commandments? It didn't get me amens there, amen. First John chapter number 2, verses 3 through 5, And hereby we do know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. He that saith, I know Him, and keepeth not His commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in Him. But whoso keepeth His word in Him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in Him, if we keep his commandments. The Bible says if you know him and you don't keep his commandments that you're a liar. Now this does not mean that you have a list of ten commandments that's setting out here. And that if you do this that you love Jesus and you have the son. That's not what the Bible's saying. That would make you a Pharisee. That would make you a legalist. That would make you someone that's trying to attain Godship by the works of the law. That's not the gospel tonight, friend. No, but rather this word keep in 1 John 2 and verse number 3 is this word, and I am no Greek student, but is this word tereo, which means to attend to carefully, to take care of, to guard, to observe, to reserve, to look at, to behold, and to view attentively. Do you love his word tonight? My sheep, Jesus said, hear my word and hear my voice. And a stranger, they will not follow them. He said, I know them and they follow me. Do you love the word of God tonight? 
Hallelujah. What is your outlook on his word? What do you think about his word? What comes to your mind when you think about this old precious book tonight that you hold in your hand? I love it tonight and I pray that you do. And if you keep his word, you love him too. And he's in you, thank God. The world doesn't love this book. Uh, what I meant to say was that the world doesn't love this book. What I meant to say was that the word of the world doesn't love the word of God. But if you love the word of God and if you keep his commandments, you're in him tonight. It's a verity that we can know that if we love the word of God, we love Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord tonight. Oh, yes. What is your outlook on his word this evening. John 14 and 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them. He it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. He it is that loveth me. He that keepeth my commandments. What is your outlook on the word? What is your outlook on teaching of the word? What is your outlook on the preaching of the word? What is, on, what is your outlook on what you're hearing right now? Listen, I'm not trying to say anything but what's inside of the book. And you take a man, uh, I, whether it's me, I'm a poor, pitiful preacher of the word of God. But you take a man who tries to give his heart to the word of God and preaches it. Does that stir up an affinity in your heart and a love for the word and a love for Christ? Or would we rather get gone? Oh my. If you keep. If you attend, if you guard, if you love his word, you can know that you have the son and consequently you have life tonight. That's how you can know. It's not by keep, 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 keep and do, 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 do and do not, do not, do not. It's about the love that's inside of your heart for the word of God and the desire. To attend to it carefully. To take care of it. To guard. Oh, thy word hath I hid in my heart. That I might not sin against thee. You say, Brother Jay, I'm having a hard time with sin in my personal walk. Brother, sister, get in the book. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But if you love the word, you have the son. Let me ask you this. And the, the reason I'm saying these couple things, there's so many more we could cover, but the reason I'm saying them is because they're in our context. Verse number one of First uh, John 5, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ, is born of God, and everyone that loveth him, that begat loveth him also, that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. So in verse number two, there's those two qualifying factors. Love for the word of God and love for who? The brethren. The brethren. First John in 3, 14. I want to ask you something. Do you love the brethren? Do you love your brothers and sisters in Christ? Do you love the blessed sisters of the faith? Do you love the brothers that are in this church that love Jesus? First John in 3 and 14. Hey, let me qualify something real quick and say this. You didn't put that love inside of yourself 
He put it in you, thank God. Hallelujah. First John 3 and 14. We know that we have passed from death into life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in what? Death, the Bible says. So that means that he that hath the Son hath life, but if you don't love your brother, you abide in death. It's so sad when we see churches that have divided each other. And I want you to know something, church. Well, as long as God has me here, and I pray it's until my dying breath, I will fight division in the church. Thank God. We're brothers. And we're sisters. And God made us that way. And I love you, and I hope you love me. And I'll love you whether you love me or not, praise God. Hallelujah. I love the church. I love the brethren, don't you? Thank God. There is a natural love inside of you if you are in Christ and Christ is in you. Of your brothers. There's a natural love that I have for my sister, Kelsey Davis. Y'all met her at the ordination and then a few weeks ago here at the church. There's a natural love. We enjoyed Thanksgiving together. We cut up with one another. We laughed with one another. We enjoyed turkey with one another. We enjoyed ham with one another. We enjoyed telling stories about our childhood and growing up in funny things that have happened to us and our sibling and, and, and our time. And our, of course, she give me a hard time. I give her a hard time. It's a good relationship. But how much more, brothers and sisters in Christ, has God made us one in His Son? Thank God. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. You serve the same master. You got the same daddy. You've got the same papa. And you're going to the same place. If you love the brethren, you have passed from death unto life. 1 John 4 and 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, do you love the word? I've been going 14 minutes. I'll be done in six or seven. Do you love? I need to be careful with that. I don't need to lie tonight. But I will. I'm, I'm hurrying. Do you love the word? Do you keep his commandments? Do you love the word? Do you love your brothers? Do you love your sisters? And buddy, you ought to take a shout and fit around this church. Because if that's true about you, you can know that you're born again. Those are not natural things that reside in the hearts of sinners. You say, I need God to show me that I'm safe. Brother, he has. In this book. Thank God, I'm glad that what's going on inside of my heart, I didn't work up in myself. That's life surging in me and surging in you. About to have a shouting fit tonight. I didn't put that in me, Brother Ron. God put that in me, thank God. And he put it in you. If you know him tonight. Quit beating up your brother. Quit beating up your sister because they don't walk, talk, and act like you. I don't look much like my sister. She's beautiful and got a nice head full of hair. But I'm still her brother. Quit beating up one another. We're individual children of the living God, church. Hallelujah. Love one another. Love your brother. Love your sister. 
Got a lot of men I don't disagree with, Brother Ron, but I love them. Hallelujah. I love them and mean them no harm. Bless the Lord. Now, do you love the Word? Do you love your brother? Say amen. Now, do you agree with God about Jesus? Do you agree with God about Jesus? John did. The same man who's writing this letter is the same man who wrote the Gospel of John. Chapter number one, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made, and Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Do you agree that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you agree that Jesus is God the Son? Fully God, fully man, thank God. Do you agree with that? Philippians 2. Don't turn there, I'm moving quick. Philippians chapter number 2. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon himself the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, I love this right here. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. You know what name you should bow at? You shouldn't bow at the knee of college football. You shouldn't bow at the name of NFL. You shouldn't bow at the knee to the God of the NBA or President Biden or Trump. Or Trump at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, thank God. Do you agree with God about that? Do you agree with God about that, church? Amen. Colossians chapter number 2, we're moving quickly. Verse number 9. For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Do you agree with that? That God put it all in Jesus. Hallelujah. I say amen. I say Amen. The world has a problem with Christ. Do you understand that? I'm not trying to be smart tonight. But the world has a problem with Jesus Christ. That's who they have a problem with. You can say God and listen. I think, I think uh, I, I'm grateful for any time the gospel may go out. But every athlete can get up and say God this and God that. But buddy, when they say Jesus, it causes a stink. They hate his name. They hate the exclusivity of Jesus. They hate the fact that Jesus is the only way to God. He is the only way to heaven. And sinner friend tonight, if you're going to get in heaven and not in hell, you're going to have to come through Jesus. Through Jesus. They're fine with Buddha and Nirvana. And they're fine with Allah. Listen, I've seen so much protection for Muslims. Are y'all with me tonight? I've seen so much protection for Muslims until, I mean, it's all of this. And they're blowing up bodies somewhere tonight. Oh, yeah, to call my buddy, my missionary buddy in northern Iraq and see where that religion will get you. 
They're fine with Allah. They're fine with Buddha. But they hate the fact that salvation, I'm talking about deliverance. I'm talking about a change. I'm talking about life. It's all in Christ Jesus. Jesus is exclusive. Can I get a witness tonight? The most exclusive. Listen, we talk about groups. We talk about clubs. We talk about this. We talk about that. It's tough to get down in there at the country club, but I don't care nothing for getting in down at the country club, church. I've done God in a club tonight. The club that is Christ, and it's an exclusive club. And thank God if you'll come to Him, He'll let you in, thank God. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Acts. Acts chapter number 4 and verse number 12. Neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we, what? Not should be saved, not might be saved, but must be saved. You must be saved tonight. Have you ever been saved? Have you ever been saved? Do you agree with God about Jesus and about who he is and what he is? Quickly tonight, Jesus is exclusive. John 14 and 6, I am the way. The truth and the life. No man coming from the Father by, my, by me. Jo, uh, Joel Osteen was asked by Larry Clean, Do you think Jesus is the only way? And he stumbled and stampered. And said, what, 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 what? Hey, tonight there is no stumbling. He may be the stumbling block tonight. But us which are saved, he is the power of God. He is the gospel tonight. Jesus is the gospel. Jesus is, you say, what is the gospel? Death, burial, and resurrection. We know that, preacher. Oh, but tonight, Jesus, the gospel is life. Because the gospel is a person. And this person is Jesus Christ. I'm about to have a fit tonight. Do you agree with that? Do you agree with what God has said about Jesus? Or do you have some other way of getting salvation or getting to heaven? Are you going to live clean enough? Are you going to live good enough? No. Or am I going to live righteous enough? No, because my righteousness is but filthy rags. But this man did the will of the Father and pleased his Father. And he drank the cup and said, Lord, if there be any way for this cup to pass from me, let it pass from me. But if not, Lord, thy will be done. And he drank the cup, buddy. Hey, we deserve judgment, hell and death and sin and everything else that eternity brings with it. The judgment and the wrath of God hung over our heads. But blessed be God, he poured out all that wrath on his son. Hallelujah. And the suffering, the Bible says in Isaiah, and he shall see the suffering of his soul and shall be satisfied. You know what satisfies God, a righteous, holy, vindictive God? The Son of God, Jesus Christ. Amen. Do you agree with that tonight? Amen. Jesus is it. And life is in the Son of God. Thank God if you agree with God, you have the Son. See, that, see, that's what repentance is, is just agreeing with God. That's what it is. Because in your natural state as a sinner, you have no agreement with God. Matter of fact, you're an enemy against God. You're an enemy against God. You've got your fist burled up against God, the church, and everybody else in the world saying, I will not. 
But what repentance is, is saying, I agree with you, Lord. I need you, Lord. It's a turning. It's a turning from yourself to Christ. Saying, I'm wrong and you're right. That's what repentance is. And God does that work inside the heart. Amen. There's nothing good in you, neighbor. It's all Jesus. It's all Jesus, the Spirit of God working into your life. Spurgeon said this, There is the finished work of Jesus, and faith appropriates it. We trust in Christ, and Christ becomes ours. As a result of grace in our souls, we choose the Lord Jesus on the ground of our dependence, and then we accept Him as the Lord of our hearts, the God of our actions, and the supreme delight of our souls. That's salvation. Hallelujah, brother. This text in verse number 12 didn't say that you would have life someday. This verse in, number 12, in verse number 12 in 1 John 5 said, He that hath the Son hath life right now. Thank God. Jesus is life and abundant life. The thief cometh not but for to kill and to steal and destroy. But I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Are you dead tonight? Are you dead? Oh, tonight, I pray that you have the Son. Because if you have the Son, you have life. Life is in the Son of God. And if you don't have the Son, you have what? Death. The whole of Scripture is about two men. Well, really, it's about one man. But the tale of the Scripture is about two men, Adam and Christ. And death came by who? Adam. When Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, do you know the story? I hope you do. When man sinned in the Garden, he fell. And as a result of Adam falling, I fell. And as a result of Adam falling from grace, you fell. As a result of him following in that innocent state and disobeying the command of God, he didn't keep his word. Repent. And as a result of that... He died. And when he died, you died. But in 1 Corinthians, I'll share this with you and I'm done. In the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter number 5, and verse number 12. I love this tonight. 1 Corinthians, chapter number 5, and verse number 12. 1 Corinthians 5 and 12. Bless the Lord tonight. Death came by Adam, but life came by Christ. And if you do not come to Christ, all that's ahead of you in your life is death. And all that's in your future is eternity, hell, the lake of fire, judgment, sadness, depression, do you know the same struggles you have right now in life? Those are going to be part of your judgment on the other side. The same insufficiencies, the same sadnesses, the same heartaches, the same heartbreaks, the same everything. That's part of the judgment. Now, we ain't even talking about the fire which will not be quenched. And the eternal flame that will burn forever on your soul as a result of rejecting life. 
as a result of rejecting Christ. Joel Osteen might not be willing to say it, but your pastor at Murrayville Baptist Church will say it. If you reject the Lord Jesus Christ, you will go to hell. You will suffer in the lake of fire and you will never get out. There was a man I work with. His brother died instantly and had never accepted Christ. Had never looked to the Lord. Had never been saved and never been born again. And that messed with him. And he started to believe in this doctrine of universalism that everybody ultimately gets saved. That's not what the Bible teaches, friend. If you reject the Lord Jesus Christ, in hell you'll lift up your eyes. And you'll beg for a drink of water. You'll beg for something to sustain you and cool the fire of the, of that, that laps against your soul. But there will be no reprieve for you. But tonight, 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 Jesus says, come and drink of the water of life. Freely, and you will never <laughs> thirst again. Hallelujah. It's real tonight. This ain't just some made up make believe deal, is it, church? He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. It's that simple tonight. I'm glad I'm saved, aren't you? Amen. Sinner friend, would you do me a favor here in just a moment? Sister Megan's going to come to the piano. And as she's coming, as she's coming with every head bowed and every eye closed in this building, I wonder tonight, would you get honest with yourself and say, Brother Jay, I've never been born again. I've never been saved. But I see tonight that I'm lost. Will you make your way down to this altar? Would you take this invitation that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ that says come and come to Him? Would you please? I'm concerned for your soul. I'm concerned for your eternity. Why are we still preaching this message after 2,000 years? Because the message is still real tonight. It's still true. He that hath the Son hath life. Won't you come and partake? I beg you. Won't you come and take a drink? Oh, won't you come? You don't have to die. You don't have to spend eternity in hell. Why not tonight? I was saved on a night service. I remember it. I was much like you. Alone. Everybody in my family had been saved. I was by myself. I was dead and had no life. For a service like tonight, with a message much like tonight, the Holy Spirit of God was knocking. He's a gentleman. He'll pass by. And he'll go on if you don't want him tonight. He'll go on down the road. 
there's no promise that he'll pass this way again. You have no promise that you'll make it home. You have no promise that you'll make it to the end of this service. The Lord can come at any time. Tick, tock. It's hard for you to understand how quickly life moves by. But you breathe in and you breathe out and it's over. Christ, break down the barriers and break down the walls. While this short invitation is given, do eternal things we do on the claim. In Jesus' name we pray. Sinner, come tonight. Military sing. Amen.
heart after this service, you please come up with me, grab someone, and tell them you'd like to be born again. Amen. Thank God. It's good to be in church today, hasn't it? Amen. Brother Mike, come on up real quick. Make one more run of announcements. How about this? We're 15 till. Amen. It's a miracle. 45-minute church service. Yes, sir, buddy. 